This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's the place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. Dr. Charles Parker here one more time, and tonight we're going to hit a topic that we've hit in different ways before, but we're going to go at it from a completely different angle because we've talked about some things with brain healing and brain protection and so on and brain injury. We have a number of uh, topics on that, but tonight we're going to be speaking to Dr. Michael Lewis, who for many years in the military and thereafter has been increasingly strong on how we can actually protect the brains of individuals from injury in the first place and to help them heal post-injury. So it's going to be very interesting. Thank you very much, Mike, for coming on board. We appreciate it. Oh, Chuck, my pleasure to, to join you. Thanks. So what we're going to do, folks, is I'll just uh, read a little bit from our sponsors, then we'll come on, I'll do a full introduction of Mike, and we'll go from there. Uh, our, our Core Brain Journal is supported by uh, several people, two people, uh, Direct Health Access Laboratory with over 3 million studies. They're deep leaders of experience with the big picture of measuring, for example, the kind of things that Mike and I are going to be talking about as relevant, methylation, cryptopyrrol, and copper challenges. They provide a global service with a molecular focus. See more laboratory details at dhalab.com forward slash core, C-O-R-E. And Core Brain Journal is also supported by our colleagues at the nonprofit Barry Robinson Center teams in Norfolk, Virginia, who provide residential care on an evolved family, interpersonal, and global level. Check out their innovative, comprehensive, new systems and programs they have. They take residential care for children and adolescents to a completely different level. They're over at Barry Robinson, B-A-R-R-Y, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. So with that, let me tell you a little bit about Mike. Dr. Michael Lewis is an expert on nutritional and holistic interventions for brain health, particularly the use of omega-3 fatty acids for the prevention, management, and rehabilitation of concussions and traumatic brain injury. And I can tell you, I've shared this interest with him, didn't know this until we had a little brief chat before, and we're very much on the same path with this, and I'm looking to learn from him with you in just a moment. He founded the Brain Health Education and Research Institute in late 2011 upon retiring as a colonel after a distinguished 31-year career in the U.S. Army. His pioneering work in the military and since that time has helped thousands of people around the world and is regularly featured in the media, including, get this, CNN's Sanjay Gupta, MD, that show, and numerous radio shows and podcasts. And take this to heart. Mike is also a graduate of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, Tulane University School of Medicine, is a board-certified fellow in the American Colleges of Prevention, Medicine, and Nutrition. He completed postgraduate training at Walter Reed and Walter Reed Medical Center, Johns Hopkins University, and the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. So he's currently in private practice in Potomac, Maryland, right up the street from us out here on the East Coast. 
and he is a consultant to the U.S. Army and Navy, as well as several other organizations, institutes, and nutritional companies around the world. And here, get this, folks. He is a founding member of the Pop Warner Youth Football Medical Advisory Board. He wants to go in there and help those kids so they can uh, not be damaged, not be harmed. So with that, it's a very comprehensive, a guy who's really been out in the woods for a long period of time and is going to bring us some very interesting information. So Mike, tell us how, first of all, it's interesting, how did you get from West Point to Tulane Medical School, if you don't mind taking a little brief moment to tell us about that? <laughs> well, uh, you know, my father was a small-town general surgeon. My mother was a nurse. I grew up around uh, around medicine. Um, and I had taken the prerequisites for medical school during my time at West Point, but I actually did a, didn't go direct. I went out into infantry divisions for about five years, uh, as I, I say, playing, playing army mm-hmm. and, um, and decided that, you know, I really, you know, I, all my life I'd wanted to go to medical school and, and, um, so at, at that point it was sort of a decision point, went to medical school was going to go into surgery and um and I ended up um getting in, getting the idea in my head that maybe it's better to help people stay healthy and out of hospitals rather than uh you know just dealing with the illness after they're already in a hospital mm-hmm. and so subsequently did the the training that you discussed and actually was involved in infectious disease research for Years, I was a disease hunter and stationed in Southeast Asia, uh, working out of uh, Bangkok. And then the Army said, "You got all this great experience. Come back and teach medical students in Bethesda." And by then, we were at war with Iraq and Afghanistan, and you're on wounded warriors, and you start to think, "Well, what is it that I can do more directly to help our wounded warriors recover um, from their injuries?" and I really started to look at brain injuries. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Because what happens is you had the medical tour and you were out there in reality and seeing the damage and, and the problems that can occur with brain injury and just increasingly became interested in really what it sounds like is prevention as well as treatment because we both know that treatment resources are really not fully understood no matter where you are in the world. And the things that we're going to be talking about tonight are really unusual to so many people. And that's why I appreciate you coming on, because people need to know what your interests are and what you can actually do, the things you've learned out there on the front. So by the way, folks, while I'm mentioning it, Mike is going to provide two PDF copies of his book, When Brains Collide, What Every Athlete and Parent Should Know About the Prevention and Treatment of Concussions and head injuries. Going to be good. We really appreciate your sharing that with us, Mike. Oh, no, my my pleasure. It's, you know, it's really become a mission of mine is just to get the word out to as many people as possible while also, um, you know, trying to influence and participate in research to to take the top-down scientific approach. But I think the, the grassroots approach, reaching out to, you know, my, my biggest audience, if I could reach one, would be those parents, those moms, uh, you know, moms can change the world. Those moms that have a teenage kid playing soccer or ice hockey or football or whatever, 
Um, and they're being told, you know, there's nothing they can do after a concussion, just only time will heal the brain. And it's just, that was where I started is I didn't accept that. And I'm not a neurologist, but I came at this from a preventive medicine point of view. And what can we be doing differently? So let's talk about how you made that pivot in your career because you're, you're a guy who's very diversified. You, you had a number of different life experiences, and then the further you went down the path, the closer you came to, hey, this is really a significantly overlooked problem. So tell us how you got into the whole brain injury thing uh, directly and, and, and what you're involved with now, if you don't mind. Well, you know, one of the things that I look at is over the last 15 years or so that we've been in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, the acute care, acute neurologic care that we have for wounded warriors, um, brain and brain injuries, concussions and so on, that acute care has been unbelievable. The advances that the neurosurgeons have made under the pressure of saving a life and on the battlefields uh, is just phenomenal. But what hasn't changed in hundreds or even thousands of years is what do we do afterwards? After we've saved their life, they, you know, they seem to, you know, they're out of the woods, they're, they're on the way to recovery, hopefully. And a lot of that has not changed over time. And so I, uh, what happened was I heard about an incident uh, that was related. And so in January 2006 in West Virginia, there was a, a coal mine accident, the Sago mine accident. And I started hearing stories about how Julian Bales, uh, and a lot of pe people may listen, uh, may uh, recognize Julian Bales from the movie Concussion. He was, uh, his character was played by Alec Baldwin. And uh, Julian Bales was the neurosurgeon at West Virginia, and he was left with this coal miner, the one guy that survived out of the 22, 21 or 22 guys trapped underground. Severe carbon monoxide poisoning, methane gas poisoning, kidney failure, liver failure, had a massive heart attack, which is how you die of carbon monoxide poisoning. So he was inches away from death. And they did all the things that they could do. They did dialysis and hyperbaric oxygen to drive out the carbon monoxide. And what they were left with was a guy that didn't have a lot of brain function and uh, was in a coma with no end in sight. And uh, Dr. Bales teamed up with Barry Sears of the Zone Diet, and, and Barry Sears has been beating the, the, the drum about inflammation and how omega-3s can help. And so the two of them got together and they started pouring pretty high doses of omega-3s down Randy McCloy's feeding tube. And the short of the story is he walked out of the hospital a couple months later. And I started to hear these stories and eventually got connected with Julian Bales, who then subsequently asked me to help him start the uh, Pop Warner uh, committee that you mentioned, the medical advisory committee. And so that's really, it was a, it was a dramatic turn, I kind of saw two and I put two and two and two together, came up with an odd number and said, hey, if it worked for carbon monoxide poisoning, might it work for our soldiers trying to recover from traumatic brain injury? And the answer was, nobody knows. Why don't you try to figure it out? Well, you know, first of all, I'm going to stop you right there and thank you for taking a breath. I mean, that's very interesting, but I'm thinking about 
I'm thinking about our listeners, and I'm, I'm a listener. I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking, and you may not be able to answer this. I'm not putting you on the spot, but I know Barry Sears. I'm very familiar with Barry Sears. I read The Zone Diet a long time ago and The Omega Solution, and uh, he does suggest high numbers. And I think to really be of service, I'm going to ask this question. You may not have an answer for it, but do you know what the uh, milligrams, the grams of omega-3s uh, that they were feeding the gentleman out there uh, the, with the concussion and the Sago mine accident? Do you have any idea what that dose was? Well, in terms of omega-3s, and more specifically the, the two that are actually the real important ones, EPA and DHA, mm-hmm. and let me back up for a quick second, and that about our brains made of fat, and about 30% of that fat is this DHA. It's got a long chemical name. And so that's what 30% of our brain is made of. And so fish oil directly provides DHA along with EPA. And so the combination of the EPA and DHA and, and Randy McCloy's case, he was receiving somewhere over between 18 and 19,000 milligrams of EPA and DHA um, on a daily basis. Thanks for answering that. This is very interesting. And then they just ran it down through his gastrointestinal tract. That was the way he took it. Yeah, um, he was on a feeding tube, yeah. and so that's that's how they were able to get it in him. And then about a year or so after that, I got a call one day um, that there had been a bad car accident and this 18-year-old kid was in a car, um, was in a coma, was not expected to survive. Did I think that high doses might help with him? And like nobody's ever tried it with traumatic brain injury before. And so I, I talked to the neurosurgeon and uh, and we got him, this kid started on it. And uh, in March of 2010, and three months later, he this kid walked across the stage at his high school graduation. Wow! So it it was, and we we published that. It's still the only case that specifically is documented that using high dose omega threes, the same doses that were used in the Sago mine accident by Barry Sears and and Julian Bales. But nobody had ever used it in traumatic brain injury before, and we published that in the scientific literature. Well, you know, I've seen some big turnarounds. I haven't been using it for brain, but we've seen so many people with chronic inflammatory conditions that when you get up to a higher dose, they say, how much did I take, a gram or two grams? I'm like, that's not going to work. <laughs> now, it's going to be fun, but it's not going to work, and you'll be disappointed in my recommendation. You know, and you really, and, and Barry in the book, and I'm really looking forward to hopefully having him on as a guest, uh, is he's really very careful about the larger doses for a number of different conditions, including other forms of non-acute uh, uh, injury or over, over time chronic illness like Alzheimer's and uh, dementia. And we see so many people who are suffering with these different problems and people just don't know what to do. It's pretty darn interesting. Well, it's interesting you bring up Alzheimer's and uh, and dementia because you know you and I before we uh, started the show, you were talking about um, you know what am I up to lately, and and that's you know so now's a good time to bring in the concept of CBD or hemp derived cannabidiol it comes from the hemp cannabis plant, not not the other cousin cannabis plant. And CBD has an interesting history of 
of thousands of years, but the, a Nobel Prize laureate, uh, um, a guy named Julius Axelrod, won the 1970 Nobel Prize for Medicine. He is a an author and a inventor listed on a patent held by the Health and Human Services on behalf, uh, you know, the U.S. government. And that talks about cannabinoids as potent antioxidants and neuroprotectants and goes on in the summary to say that CBD and and specific non-psychoactive CBD has tremendous value for the um, recovery from stroke, trauma, Alzheimer's disease, and Parkinson's disease, as well as HIV dementia. So a pretty powerful statement from uh, from a guy that won the 1970 Nobel Prize for Medicine for his work on neurotransmitters. I mean, even HIV dementia. I mean, the issue is, this is a very important point, folks. We've interviewed one other person talking about CBD a little bit, but just to refresh you folks, THC is the active uh, component of the uh, of marijuana. And this is hemp. It's from hemp. But CBD is a different subset of a cannabinoid. And basically what happens, it's, it has these healthy possibilities going on with it. And, and this is really very interesting. Do you use it then pretty routinely in individuals who have had an injury with the associated omega-3s? Well, I about in the past year or so, I've been I've gotten from the hey, this might be a good idea to try to every patient is all right. You're going to start on what I call the Omega Protocol. We're going to start at fairly high doses. Well, basically a, a good dose, but we're going to triple it. We're going to take it three times a day, and then for at least a week, and then we're going to start to taper it down. Or in some cases, I'll do it even for recommend to do it for a month before it get down to sort of just a regular one dose uh, of a day of fish oil. And what happens is that patients come back to me all the time now and say, you know, fish oil was really good. It really helped. But when I started taking CBD, the words that come back to me all the time are life-changing. Oh. Um, it, it is just, uh, I've never had anything like this. It doesn't have side effects. Uh, it works particularly great for anxiety and and uh, that all often occurs after a head injury and um, and it just has this amazing impact and when you combine the two it it's exponential um, interestingly we know that omega-3s we're learning that omega-3s one of the ways that they interact with the body is through the cannabin our own endogenous cannabinoid system and CBD is like a straight shot right into our own endogenous cannabinoid system. That is so interesting. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, and listeners, I want to remind you, this is a traditional medical person, a West Point graduate. I mean, this guy is an ex-military person who spent years in the military. And he's saying, look, this is not flaky. This is not woo-woo. This is something that can be used effectively. And we have you know, uh, individuals, Nobel Prize, Nobel Prize in, in science, who have supported this kind of work for all these various brain injury and, and, and challenges. It's very interesting. Now, do you recommend or do you think that it has a relevance not only with brain injury, but with other chronic 
medical conditions? Absolutely. Um, so our the cannabinoid system, which we didn't even really know about, you know, say 15, 20 years ago, it was just pretty recently discovered and described. We used to think about it, you know, we would describe it in other ways. You, you get that endorphin rush or that runner's high. And, you know, and so what we now know is endorphins and that rush, that runner's high is really our cannabinoid system. So our body has this innate system, not just in our brain, but throughout our body and our immune system. And it's meant to be in balance. And as you probably can pretty well guess, just like omega-3s, um, you know, our cannabinoid systems are so out of balance because, it, and it can be hugely affected by our diet, what we eat, and as well as exercise, that runner's high. So we have our own endogenous cannabinoids that interact with these receptors, but the neat thing is that nature gives us a, a similar way to uh, to interact directly with the cannabinoid system as well, and CBD is unbelievable when it comes to the medicinal values. So you know what? I'm going to take a quick break here because I want to make sure we have a complete conversation about this next question that I'm going to ask you because I'm really interested, and I know our audience is how does all this work together? Number one, I'm going to ask you the question about CBD with omega-3s a little more carefully, like what are the doses? How do you titrate something like that? And the second question I'm going to ask there is what happens with a person who may be actively in the military or driving long-haul trucks who has urine tests and needs to be clean on the urine so they can maintain their job? I'm going to ask that question because that's a street question because there are a lot of individuals that might be worried about that and I really don't know the answer to that question. I'm sure a lot of us don't. So we'll come back folks in just a minute to hear more from Dr. Lewis on those important questions. Well folks, you know as well as I do that psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations may prove insufficient to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and, and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps, should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression, on every level for families, including military families, internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living. How do we know? We refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing. So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level, from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful, 
cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing, now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's d-h-a-l-a-b.com forward slash core. Well, welcome back, folks. We're here with Dr. Lewis, Dr. Michael Lewis, who was a colonel in the military. We're talking about CBD and we're talking about omega-3 fatty acids. And if you think it's woo-woo, folks, we've got a very traditional board-certified guy here who's into prevention and nutrition. And he is telling us that there's a certain value here. Now, what we're going to do is, in a way, take it tighter. We're going to talk about exactly how to do this, number one, and we're also going to ask him in just a minute about urine studies, blood studies. Is this going to be a, um, uh, what, uh, keep a person away from having their job is what I'm looking for. So first of all, how does one do that? Is, or is there a specific protocol when you're thinking about that that you would say is important to know on the front end? Well, absolutely. And, um, you know, so when I retired from the military, I started a charitable organization, a nonprofit called Brain Health Education and Research Institute. And uh, the website is brainhealtheducation.org or brainhealtheducation.org. Mm-hmm. And under there, I publish uh, for anybody uh, two major things that I'll bring up. One is uh, what I call the Omega Protocol, and then the other one is uh, for se- um, an Omega Protocol for severe traumatic brain injury, somebody's in a coma, and so on, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, because you know we have 44, 45 million kids out there playing organized sports, and two to three million concussions a year, and while seventy percent of them, in some studies show 80% of them get better, 20 or 30% don't. And that's a lot of people. And particularly, I worry more about our kids and our youth. And so the Omega Protocol is out there. It's available to download for free, and it goes into very specific doses. And, and I'll, so I'll go through those doses if you, if you want here really sure. quick. Yeah, be good. So, so basically, for any of your listeners, the short story is I, what I consider one dose. Now, on the label of whatever fish oil you're taking, usually it'll say take two capsules or something like that. What I do is typically the quick and easy way is whatever it says the recommended dose is, double that. And so consider that one dose. And I start people at three doses a day. So I double it and then I triple it on top of that. And I do that for at least a week. Some cases with some patients, I'll do that for a month before I get down to that once a day. But again, that one dose a day is still double what it's saying on the label. Now, well, stop, let, me, let, me, let me ask for go, a point of clarification ahead. right there. That mm-hmm. double dose. So I got the three doses a day and then tripling it. So you're really just to be really simple about it. Let's say the pill is one dose. The capsule is one, one pill, just for example. And then if you go do three a day, that would be three capsules a day. And if you triple it, it would be nine capsules a day. And then what happens is when you say one dose, is the dose a 
condensation of all nine capsules at the same time, or you get back down to three capsules, or do you take all the way down to one dose capsule? How does all that work? Well, let me, let me give you an example. So, um, you know, there's some great concentrates out there, which I would highly recommend you get a really, you know, pay a little extra money, you get what you pay for, but you get a good quality fish oil that's concentrated. So not your drugstore, you know, no-name brand um, or yeah, some needs of the big be, stores. It needs to be pharmaceutical grade, folks, molecularly distilled. It'll say it on the bottle. If it's molecularly but, distilled, go ahead. Yeah, but more importantly, it also it needs to be concentrated so that we're getting more. And so, mm-hmm. um, a lot of a lot of fish oils will say, you know, the recommended daily doses take two capsules a day with a meal or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, what I'm saying is, take that two capsules a day that's recommended and double that. Okay, so now we're talking four capsules. That's what I would consider a dose, a single oh, dose. I got you. Okay, thank you. Okay. And then what I do is people are so deficient. I want to create a loading dose over a week or even a month. And so I want to triple that. I want to take that, that double dose and do that three times a day for a period of time before I get down to that regular double dose on a daily basis. Okay. Yeah, I understand. And when you say double dose, then what you're talking about is four caps a day. In that, in Correct. That, in that, in now, that we can get a right, and we can get you know every you know, products are different, and it can be done on the liquid side as, as well. For for your listeners that might want to get a little bit more down in the in the details, my what I recommend is the actual dose for an adult, and I consider twelve years and older. If you can swallow capsules, um, then this is what you should be taking. Uh, is three a combined three thousand milligrams of total EPA and DHA combined, and that's what the the FDA tells us is generally recognized as safe level. So, how do you get three thousand milligrams in some really really good concentrates? That might only be three capsules, and others it might be five or even six capsules. So yeah, you, you have to get um, you have to be able to read the the labels and understand it, and it's confusing. I understand. That's why I say double the dose of that's recommended on on the bottle, just to try to keep it simple. Well, thank you for spelling that out because I think that's really important. I mean, our listeners are into this; they're they're taking notes on this, and they're like, "How do we get this exactly right? What is this guy with this experience? What's he telling us to do?" So good, thank you very much. Absolutely. So then you take it and. You then, the final point that I still don't have clear, I'm a a slow learner, Mike, you'll have to forgive me. So the the final point there is that when you go down to that single dose after you've done the loading dose, that single dose would be uh, in the range of 3,000 combined, 3,000 milligrams combined. Absolutely. I I take 3,000 combined every day. Uh, as is my wife, and I even have a 17-year-old that uh, is the, the starting running back on the high school football team, and he does not leave the breakfast table without taking 3,000 milligrams a day. That is so interesting. Thanks for spelling that out. I mean, I just really appreciate it. Now, let's go back to this other part of the question, because you've, you've been very, very helpful and very street conscious. You're telling us how to do it right out there in, in Ahoski, Alabama, or whatever. So the issue is, the next thing is the CBD. Now, where can a person get a hold of CBD 
How do you know what the doses are? What's, what's your take on all that more uh, politically tenuous situation with even urine testing, blood testing, whatever? How does all that work? Okay, so that that brings up um, a lot of a lot to try to cover, but so I will make it as quick and simple as I can. Um, I, honestly, you know, the whole cannabis industry is the wild, wild west. I mean, it, it's there's people, you know, and companies popping up left and right, and even with the hemp side of things, the hemp derived CBD, which is legal in all fifty states. There's um, so. Let me jump straight to the to the heart of it. Um, because it's so crazy, so wild, wild west like, uh, finding a company that you know and believe in uh, is not easy. And I'll tell you right now, the best source of CBD, and I I advise this company, and so you know I am a little bit biased, but it's because I believe absolutely they are the best company that ha are doing manufacturer standards. They've gone to the FDA to get generally recognized as safe levels with their products. They've done the work, unlike 99% of all the other companies out there. And that, so the best source of CBD is pluscbdoil.com, P-L-U-S-C-B-D-O-I-L.com. Uh, and that line of products is actually two years ago was not found anywhere. They started to get into the retail business about two years ago. They're now in over 1,800 stores nationwide in all 50 states, um, as well as being able to order it online. And like I said, the best source of, you know, online for at least information is pluscbdoil.com. Very specifically, I like their soft gels. They're about the size of a vitamin D capsule. Um, and they're gold formula, 15 milligram soft gels. You know you're getting 15 milligrams of CBD and, um, and every capsule. And so it makes it so much easier to work with patients. I try to get people to take two a day. One in the morning, start off your day with, you know, with decreased levels of anxiety. Um, and then take one in the evening um, just to sort of give us 24-hour coverage. It, they, it works within 15, 20 minutes and lasts for hours and, and does a great job. Um, now, when it's derived from hemp, it has, by legal definition, has to have 0.3% THC or less. And, and most of the products, uh, like the Plus CBD Oil uh, Gold, have less than 0.3%. Uh, and so you've mentioned urine tests. And so number one is if you take it, and I have some, everybody's different. If you take um, take CBD oil and it makes you sleepy, then don't take it in the morning, take it in the evening. And, and conversely, if it keeps you awake, don't take it at night. And so everybody's a little bit different. Um, but most patients I find tolerate it twice a day quite well. And because it doesn't have THC, it has that trace amount uh, potential of THC, that's what's measured in a urine test. THC is what's measured in a urine test. And so, no, I'm not going to guarantee that you're, nobody's going to show up positive. Um, the likelihood is much, much smaller um, and certainly far different than if you're consuming marijuana, uh, it, you know, the cousin plant of the hemp. So are those, 
are, and you don't have to write a prescription. It's not it's not FDA approved, so it's over the counter. It uh, so when it's derived from hemp, it's considered food, and it's considered and it's over the counter, and you can get it at good health food stores, uh, local pharmacies, not the big chain pharmacies. But I can pretty well guess that uh, big box stores like uh, GNC and Vitamin Shop, I would predict that in the next year, two years at the latest, are going to be carrying these products. I think Whole Foods is going to start carrying it very shortly. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, while we're on that subject, so what you've done is reassured us, uh, not entirely because it's medicine, you know, you can't say anything categorical and and, you know, Mike, you don't know me, but we're just not into cookie-cutter solutions. We're into let's just get the facts and deal with them, whatever they are. The next question is, if what are the applications, the other applications? Now, first of all, people are going to be able to download your, or at least apply for a PDF-free copy of uh, When Brains Collide. The book link is going to be in on the show notes. That's a big thing. But the next question here is the whole THC application question for other maladies and disorders. So could we talk a little bit about chronic conditions and what your experience is with THC from that larger perspective medically? Yes, we see the brain injury. It's clear. It's documented. The next thing is, what about some of these other maladies that people are talking about? Well, you know, so there's a couple of things. One is uh, people often say, oh, I smoke marijuana to calm me down and, um, and mellow me out. Well, in reality, the THC actually stimulates the brain um, and makes you high. It's not the THC that's calming somebody down and mellows them out. It's actually the CBD. And so, um, uh, you know, my experience personally and with patients is not with THC, but hemp-derived CBD uh, that mm-hmm. is void of, of THC. Mm-hmm. So THC has the potential to cause memory loss or memory issues, paranoia, schizophrenia, um, psychosis. Yeah. Uh, those all can be, and I've had patients that uh, when exposed to THC, even for the first time, had psychotic breaks and uh, and because that's what THC can do. So the medicinal value, and now there may be some medicinal value to THC and people tell me there is, but it, it, the real medicinal value of the cannabis plant is found in CBD and, and uh, some of the related compounds. I use it um, for my patients, number one, with head injury, obviously, but I also have a number of patients that I've recommended who just have anxiety. I've got a good friend who's a New York Times bestselling author in New York City trying to run a company and her husband's running a company, very entrepreneur, and um, and dealing with that stress, New York City on top of it, and, you know, teenagers and so on. And what I've found is that when you're dealing with anxiety, it works better than Xanax or Ativan or any of these other benzodiazepines without the side effects. Um, That's very interesting. It really should be a go-to thing for anxiety. Well, then the next question is, you use the same dosage you were talking about, the 15 milligram two times a day. Absolutely. All right. The next question is, the big bugaboo for everybody is pain because this is where the opiate epidemic is coming from. What's the 
relevance for CBD with pain? Well, actually, um, so chronic pain is uh, a typical indication for medicinal marijuana, uh, but you can get this, a similar relief um, from just the CBD. And so it does have application for chronic pain, uh, not just the anxiety and, and, um, and head injury. So uh, chronic pain is certainly one of the more common indications for CBD and and it works great and I again I would do the combination of fish oil and CBD because I think just the combination of the two of them just they work synergistically and so what happens is you the, the a person will get more energy throughout the day they're thinking clear their pain is less or subsided or gone um, and so, you know, that's a win-win combination without the side effects of the pharmaceuticals. Very, very interesting. I really appreciate you taking the time to share this with us because it sounds like we've got a whole different kettle of fish that we can deal with. I mean, we see it in a psychiatric practice all the time, Mike. I mean, people are just coming in, talking regularly about the limitations. A lot of times uh, serotonin agents are used for anxiety. Of course, People don't even recognize there's a difference between cognitive anxiety and affective anxiety. You know, mental thinking, worrying in your head, and feeling worrying in your body are two different things. They come from two different neurotransmitter systems. And so what happens is people are asking for these things because the serotonin agents don't fix cognitive anxiety. They just aggravate it, to tell you the truth. And then, of course, if you're using a stimulant for cognitive anxiety, it aggravates the affective emotional somatic component so there's that whole combination of things that's going on on a regular basis and i think we're all looking for some answers because the current standard is let's give them some benzos let's do some xanax and we we've had we've interviewed one of the first people i interviewed was a person who was totally addicted to xanax and benzos over years and had a terrible terrible time going off of the benzos because of the fact of the addiction and, and the uh, relationship of the benzos to our whole neurotransmitter neurophysiology system. So any thoughts about well, that? Well, as, as, well, as we, um, as a society, as we get away from the taboo of, of, uh, cannabis and start to embrace it, what we're, that has allowed us to also start to do research on these things. And, so the opioid epidemic, for example, as you mentioned, or, or addiction um, medicine, uh, CBD is starting to be published in good scientific studies of both at the animal model level, but also at the human level, um, just how powerful it is to help get people off of opioids, reduce their opioid and heroin seeking behaviors. And, um, and so actually one of one, I know that there soon to hopefully soon will come out a new, um, CBD drug that will help with the addiction of smoking with nicotine. Mm. And, um, and so, it just has such a powerful way of replacing that desire as well as helping with the physical side of opioid addiction. And, and I really believe that that's how we're going to be able to work our way out of this crisis.
That is very interesting. Now, we're getting close to running out of time, Mike. I'm going to ask you another key question. Has the company pluscbdoil.com, do they have a list of the stores where it's available on their website in these 50 states? Um, they don't, as far as I, uh, as far as I know, um, I've asked them if they would consider putting a store locator. If you can't, um, find it at a local store, you could ask that store to, to, uh, reach out to the company to provide it. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you contact the company, they're usually almost always very willing to, to help, uh, locate a store because they know where they all are. And so they'll be really willing to help. Well, we'll chase this down. You know, we have to wind up, but this has been such an interesting conversation, Mike, from a very traditional, very conservative, weathered guy. You've been out to the front. You've been on the line seeing injured and seeing, you know, comrades fallen. And you've come back with brain and you start interested in brain. And then you look at the whole wide spectrum of preventative things that a person can do short of all the limitations that really do occur with the medications. I mean, we have a very interesting interview with Dr. Bart Billings out in California, who's, who's with Wounded Warriors. He's one of the major caretakers of Wounded Warriors, and he's, he's very much against meds because he's seen it happen so often in the hospital system. People just throw meds at these individuals. And so this is very, very constructive, very helpful. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on because it's, gonna, it's a valuable message for a lot of people out there. And uh, so it's, it's, it's really been good. So where should people go to connect with you, Mike? How would that, how would that take place? You've mentioned it, but let's, let's wind it up and talk about it one more time. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw out three, three websites here really okay. quick. Uh, so people looking for CBD, the best CBD, that would be plus P L U S C B D oil.com plus C B D oil.com mm-hmm. for general information for uh, that. I put out through my, uh, nonprofit that's brain health education.org brain health education.org. Um, while you're there, I've got the, the, protocols, but also sign up for a newsletter I send out. Uh, I try to do it weekly, but that doesn't always happen. Um, latest news. I, I'm constantly scouring the, the literature for what's new on traumatic brain injury, omega-3, CBD, and so on. And then, um, and more importantly, most importantly, I would, I would urge your listeners to uh, get a copy of my book, When Brains Collide. It's available to, on Amazon or if you can't remember that for whatever reason, try whenbrainscollide.com, uh, and there's some direct links and some background information there as well. Fantastic. We're going to have all those links in the show notes, folks, to so make it easy so you can just pop in and do it. And we're, we're really very grateful that you've come on board here, Mike, and we, you know, it's, it's great to get to know you. If you have anything else that you think, hey, the, you know, these folks might be interested in it. Don't hesitate to get a hold of us and, and we'll have you on and, and talk about that part of it. No question about it. Uh, sounds great, Chuck. Uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, hopefully we have reached one or two people out there and made a difference in their lives. I know, I know we hit one or two. No question about it. <laughs> so you, go, you have a good evening. We'll talk soon. Okay, Chuck. You too. Thanks for listening to Cobrain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because, as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive 
misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications like those written for ADHD are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.